There is nothing wrong with your podcatcher. Do not attempt to adjust the feed. We are controlling the bitstream. We control the encoding. We can mispronounce names. We can consume alcoholic beverages. For the next half hour, we will control all that you read and discuss. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we are not going to stop. Never. I don't care what they say. Like, it's been going on 11 years now? 11 years. 11 years of science fiction and fantasy news? It's almost a teenager. That's scary. That's a frightening thought. Will Sword and Laser get to a point... Uh, like Harry Potter does in the Order of the Phoenix, where it just gets kind of inexplicably angry and just like really hormonal. Yeah, and just rebellious. Just like a lot of a lot of cystic acne. <laughs> yeah. Won't won't doesn't want to go to prom. No. Goes yeah. anyway, sulks yeah. in the corner, <laughs> smokes cigarettes out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, are we talking about our lives again? No, of course not. Hey, do you, uh, do you hear a a manic squeaking noise in the background by any chance? I do, I do. Is that your new puppy? That is my puppy. Um, and this is the only way I can keep her from screaming. So it's (laughs) either, (laughs) she screams like a banshee. I, in fact, I wanted to name her banshee and I was not allowed to do so. You were overruled. (laughs) So her name is Moro, um, after the wolf goddess Moro from uh, Princess Mononoke. Fantastic name. Fantastic yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. She looks just like the white wolf. She's yeah. like a miniaturized version. Um, but she is uh she's a handful. She is a handful. She's a handful. She's a puppy. She's I mean, a puppy. That's what, what puppies are you gonna do. do. <laughs> she's being a puppy. <laughs> I haven't slept in weeks. She is puppying <laughs> so hard. So hard. Right into my brain. Um, so I'm definitely drinking tonight. Uh, Tom, uh, are you imbibing anything? Yeah. Um, in fact, I was planning on having a beer because uh, I'd gone out and bought some beer earlier. But then the wife came home and said, I need wine. So we opened a bottle of Yes Way Rosé, <laughs> which you can find at yeswayrosé.com. Did you buy it from the internet or did you buy it from BevMo or I leave got it as a gift from one of her coworkers. That's fun. Yeah. I am drinking a Pacific Coast bone dry hard cider. Good cider. I like that cider. Yeah, you do. I'm also very excited you're drinking cider because I'm a big fan of ciders. I am becoming increasingly more into the cider world. Mm, That's good. That's good. You know what? I'm going to make that my, I'm sorry. I'm going to do some show prep for a different show. But I'm going to put ciders down as uh, on my "It's a Thing" lineup for tomorrow. Oh well, can you? Will you uh, give me a shout out? Yeah, no, for I absolutely. It will. Slightly more yeah. of a thing. That's kind of how that works. Uh, "It's a Thing" is a show I do. In case anybody doesn't know, with uh, my good friend Molly Wood, that Veronica and I used to do Buzz Out Loud with, and we just talk about trends we're noticing. And I think, uh, I think I've actually done cider before years ago, but I think it's, I think it's starting to finally get its, uh, get its momentum. And you're going to be my indicator. 
Like, <laughs> even Veronica has gotten on the cider train. It's like, even millennials are drinking cider, <laughs> even late stage. Wait, you're calling yourself a millennial again? Uh, just for this purpose. Okay. I, right. I mean, I don't, we've, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't identify millennial. You're a um, xillennial. You're like right between Generation X and millennial. Perfect. I will wear that badge proudly. Or, or not proudly. I, I don't you, care. Nobody. I consider you Generation X. Take Thank it as a compliment. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> it may well be. <laughs> um, hey, but thanks to everyone, by the way, who took uh, part in our March Madness polling and voting and, and uh, picking of stuff. Uh, we are at the end of March, which means that we have a winner, which we're going to talk about later in the episode, unless you want to talk about it now. We can reveal the winner's name, um, but, uh, you know, the tournament is fun. And you know, a few people are like, you know, ranked choice voting is better. And you know what? You're absolutely right. When you're trying to actually make choices, uh, like, you know, electing a president or something. But the the tournament is just fun because we get to see a bunch of different books. And to me, the whole magic of Sword and Laser is exposing people to things to add to their to-read list. And having a tournament of 16 different books means you're going to get exposed to 16 different books. You're going to look at them and maybe add a few to your to-read list. And of Mm -hmm. course, at the end, you know, we do get uh, our April pick and our April pick to our moderator Rob's delight. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. Will be Theft of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan finally. This is this has been so many years coming. I almost feel like it's this was for Rob. Like I feel like this I mean, it's a great book, but I kind of feel like the audience from us talking about it so long has tipped the scales in Rob's favor. Rob was very good about being honest and saying I really wanted to win, but not campaigning, like not trying to guilt people or anything. He's like, no, 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 you should all vote however you want. I'm, you know, it's, uh, but I think a lot of people may have, there might've been a little sentiment involved. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Cause yes. the, I, I will tell you from the inside, cause I was watching these votes every day, uh, 15 lives by Claire North jumped out to the early lead. Oh, like really? The first hundred votes she was leading. And then as the next hundred came in, it just swung back. You know, as as we started to get those Midwestern and Rocky Mountain State returns, and <laughs> <laughs> it just swung over uh, to Theft of Swords, and it it was never dominant. Uh, I think the widest margin it won by was twenty, and I think it ended up winning by like sixteen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was it was definitely close to the end, but it it, it Theft of Swords kind of gained the lead within three or four days of the end, and then held it all the way. Yeah, there's we'll we'll go over some of the stats, the interesting stats towards the end of the show when we talk about the book pick. But I I thought this was a really great one. I I totally I didn't even pay attention to the polls the whole time because I was just crazy with work and travel. And so when I was like, oh, my God, we're at the very end. Like, this is it. Like, we're going to find out like today. And so I got excited and I checked and I can't see the poll results because Tom makes them. So I had to wait until it was actually announced. And it was really exciting. I was very happy for for all of us and also for Rob. Yeah. And also for Michael J. Sullivan. Everybody wins. Except for 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 the other 15 books. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, though, like, I don't know if I would have found out about the first 15 lives of Harry August by Claire North. If it hadn't been in our brackets, so no, that's, that's great. That, that's what's so fun about the tournament is finding out about all these other books. So I hope I hope everyone takes it in the spirit that it's intended. Well done, one and all. Well, moving on, let's jump right into our quick burns. 
So our first quick burn comes from Joe. Shauna McGuire's Wayward Children series of novellas has been optioned for television. There are four novellas published so far, uh, more on the horizon, and it is, according to Joe, legitimately one of my favorite things. The first Every Heart a Doorway won the Hugo, Nebula, Mm. and Locus Award for Best Novella. Uh, I wrote in my review, says Joe, at Nerds of a Feather, that every heart a doorway is a beautiful and heart-wrenching story of kids who don't belong anywhere except perhaps the one place they can't get back to. It is a story that feels like coming home. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. As we always say, options don't necessarily mean something's going to be made into a TV show. Right, right, right. Or a movie, but we always keep our fingers crossed because don't get too sad if it doesn't end up working out. But there's always space for more cool stuff on TV, and so we get excited when we do hear about it because it means that maybe some an author that we love is going to get more exposure and more attention, and that's always a good thing. And we do love Shannon; she's great. We do. Tomahome says Love, Death, and Robots has been released on Netflix. It's a series of animated shorts. A lot of them are adapted genre stories by people like John Scalzi, Alistair Reynolds, Ken Liu, John, uh, sorry, Joe Lansdale. I got I got cider stuck in my throat for a second. <laughs> Marco Clues and Peter F. Hamilton. Yeah. The tone is kind of like heavy metal. It has some roots in it. Plenty of sex and violence. Mm. Of course, the Scalzi ones are more humorous. And I actually took to Twitter because I had been seeing the previews for it on Netflix. And I was like, is this too scary for me? And a lot of people said no, that I should be fine. Yeah. So I'm going to check it out. If it's going to be anything for someone, which is not you, uh, Mm -hmm. it might be too sexy. Too Oh, yeah, that is not me. Well, and and particularly like if you've got kids around, you may be like, this is definitely adult material. uh, Mm -hmm. Most of them. Uh, but that said, like, it's not, I don't think it's gratuitous or anything. It's just adult. And it is definitely for animation fans. Not, I almost said anime, but animation fans, like the animation is the best part about it. The stories vary. Some of them are very on rails and very predictable. Some of them are really fun and cool. Uh, there's one about farmers. That's very inspired by Starcraft that I enjoyed quite a bit. The Scalzi ones are hilarious. Um, so, so there's a lot of variation within these and, I, I, the, one of the first ones I watched, I was like, ah, this, this is like, just feels like worse than a video game cutscene story, but the animation was so good. I kept watching and I'm glad I did because there's some great stories in here as well. Mm -hmm. But the, but one thing I'll say is every single one of them has really amazing animation in it. Excellent. Well, I will add that to my to be watched list. Yeah. And and they're, they're short. Like, I think the longest one is maybe 18 minutes. Uh, oh, some really? of them are like five, seven minutes. So you, okay. you can yeah, plow through them. Uh, Mark wrote that Brian McClellan's new self-published fantasy novel, Uncanny Collateral, is available direct from the author before the official release. If you just go to brianmcclellan.com uh, in his ebook store, just click on ebook store. It's under his store. Uh, you can buy it for four bucks. It'll come in a zip download containing EPUB and Mobi files. That's great. We are also having Brian McClellan back on the show, I believe, in April, mm-hmm. like April 12th or something around. I have to check the calendar. Um, but so we'll get him to talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, he's he's been wanting to do some podcasting. He bought one of those uh, one of those. Um, oh, now I'm blanking. And I, I advised him on buying it. Uh, what's the one you have? That's the mobile thing. With oh, the, the um Zoom. Oh, the Zoom. I was looking at my mixer. Okay, he has the Zoom. Yeah, I like the Zoom. Yeah, 
Uh, so we can ask him a little about his podcasting adventures as well. I'm looking forward to that. Indeed. Adrian says the Laundry Files by Charlie Strauss has been optioned for a TV show. This time it's by an English producer. So the author is more optimistic. Yes. That it will turn into a television show. This is an example of what we were talking <laughs> yeah. about earlier, where it's been optioned before and then it fell out. So um, I guess Charlie Strauss is like, ah, an Englishman, they'll get yeah. it done. He says, so I've been sitting on this news for a while, but I'm allowed to say The Laundry Files has been optioned for TV by 42, producers of Watership Down and Traders, among other things. Okay. All right. They got, so they got, you know, they got some hits under their belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Dara... Or is mm-hmm. it Dara? Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote that Nettie Okorafor is set to write the Wild Seed series adaptation for Amazon Prime. Uh, Viola Davis and Julius wow. Tennant's Juvie Productions will be producing, and Wanuri Kahio will direct. Wild Seed, if you don't know from the Deadline story, says is a love and hate story of two African immortals who travel the ages from pre-colonial West Africa to the far, far future. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Uh, and Prime Video, they're, you know, they're doing the Tolkien thing that's going to be set mid second age. They're doing Good Omens, which is coming out in, I don't know, like a couple months here. Now they're they're signing up Nettie Okorafor. Like, uh, they're, I think they're trying to corner that 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 genre market mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, yeah, HBO Netflix, has George Netflix R. R. Martin. Netflix is going for like the teens. Yeah, Netflix, Netflix is going for the teens. Netflix's sci-fi adventures have been very, uh, very how do I say this nicely? Uh, um, uneven. <laughs> there, 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 they, there's been some interesting stuff, but they really haven't hit anything that's, that's grand. Their fantasy is lacking. I, I, I just don't see them doing a lot of fantasy that isn't kind of a teen urban mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like, like Sabrina is Sabrina's great. Sabrina's great. It's fantastic, great. but I don't, and it's technically fantasy, but that's not the kind of fantasy I'm talking about. They're not doing anything that's kind of like, Game of Thrones or Nettie Okorafor, for goodness sake. That's great. Oh, and you know what I'm real excited about is the, um, um, what we do in the night. What we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Why couldn't I remember that? I love that movie and they made it into a TV show. Yeah. Um, different cast, different cast, different location. Although I think Taika Waititi is involved in it. He's, so a pro- he's, he directed maybe we'll the get first a cameo, episode, right? He directed the first episode and he's an executive producer along with uh, Jermaine Clement. Sure, sure. That's all true and very important. Maybe we'll get a cameo? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Different. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch that. It's on FX. So I don't know how I'm gonna watch that, but I'll figure it out. You guys don't have PlayStation View anymore, huh? No. We're on Hulu now. Hulu TV. Oh, you're on Hulu Live? Yeah. Well, um, Disney owns FX and now owns 60% of Hulu, so you should be fine. Okay, cool. That's good. (laughs) All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. I saw this great tweet online um, from uh, Tijana Tihana Tihana Cullen. I'm so sorry if I said your name wrong. She said, started from the first one again a few days ago for Sword and Laser and as a warm-up for the Readathon. And she is talking about the first Harry Potter book. And the Readathon at Readathon is a twice-yearly 24-hour Readathon happening again on April 6th. And I looked into it. It sounds super cool. You can learn more at 24hourreadathon.com. And that's awesome. I I, I think she's gonna keep going through Harry Potter world. You can't get through all of Harry Potter in 24 hours on audiobook. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, no. 
You'd have to be, well, I wonder how fast I you think, would have to listen to I it. I think Order of the Phoenix is 24 hours long as an <laughs> just audio. Just on its own, just on its own. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, well, because I have been continuing to read the others uh, mm-hmm. since since I finished Philosopher's Stone. I'm on Order of the Phoenix. I'm like more than halfway through Order of the Phoenix right now. Oh, excellent. I'm listening to uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Oh, that's not fiction. That's not fiction, but it's right? what I'm listening to right now. Yeah. No, it's not fiction. It's real. Yeah, that's that's real life. Um, I'm 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 also started this uh, a book called Theft of Swords. Oh, you started early. <laughs> like you've never finished a book before the first of the month on me before. Come on. I, you know what I finished today? This is we're getting a little rat hole here, but I finished memoirs um, and found in a bathtub. Never. Um, I finished The Close and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers, the oh, second book. Yeah. Isn't it great? It it's was so great. Fun. I think I maybe even liked it more than the first book. Yeah. It's different. It's super different. It's super different, but but the same tone. Like it's a different, mm-hmm. it's a very different kind of story, but it's got that same camaraderie and 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 sort of like not light, but fun tone, even when she's doing super serious topics. Yeah, it had a really a nice. It was written so interestingly, is all mm-hmm. I'll say. I don't want to get more, more into it. There's more exploration of character in A Close mm-hmm. and Common Orbit than there is in Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Yeah, so that's what I did in my post-Harry Potter time. Mm, I read in- more Harry Potter in my post-Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, and I think I know what I'm going to pick for May, by the way. Oh, are you, you're up for May, right? Right, April, because because fantasy won. That's so, right. So we're, we'll just stay on track. Well, um, yeah, speaking of reading lots of things, uh Trike has apparently read literally all of our things. Uh, no, he said, no, he says Veronica mentioned that Philippa, which Oh, it was no, no, pers- I'm sorry, it wasn't Trike. Hold bleh, 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 I, I gave spoilers. Okay, okay, hold on. Let me let me Trike, read Trikes. Okay. Trike started the thread saying, in the latest podcast, Veronica mentioned that Philippa, Tassie Dave corrected in Priscilla, was attempting to read all the books on the Sword and Laser bookshelf, which made me wonder, as of today, March 15th, 2019, I have read 76 of 127, or 59.8% of the books. Not bad. 127 books we've read. I guess what, so. Yeah. 76 ain't bad out of 127 books. So, no. so, so good then- for that. But then Tassie Dave, who did, yes, correct Trike that it was Priscilla, says, I'm a 100 percenter. Oh. I have read all 127 Sword and Laser books. Wait, 118 official plus nine alts. Wow. Though it was made easier by joining over 10 years ago. Yes. I only had 10 books to catch up on. <laughs> it was made real easy for us by starting the show. And the club. Um, apparently not that easy for me because <laughs> still not perfect. Because I I don't think I've read all the alts, and I definitely haven't even read all the official to completion. You know, now that he's mentioning alts, I feel like there are a couple alts that I didn't read. I did I like Gail Carriger was an alt in one of the tournaments, and I did. It took me a while to finish it because I had had to kept fitting it into other things, but I did read it. I had to go look at all nine alts though and make sure. Is it bad that I haven't read all the books? I think. Well, okay. There, how many of uh, alts? Am I'm I a willing bad to give everyone a pass I haven't on. read the books. There's, there's alts are sort of like. Well, I've already read the book, or I'm not going to read the main book. But the other, the books we were actually going to discuss, you should have read. We all are very familiar about memoirs found in a bathtub. Are there others that you didn't read? We've talked about this recently. There's one other book. 
and I can never even remember the name of it. It's the one with the dog armies, the dog people oh, armies. Oh, right. And it had dogs in it, too. I know. Well, they weren't nice dogs, okay? They weren't very Some nice dogs. Some of them were. Not all they dogs. Murdery, fighty dogs. Some of the dogs were not murdery or fighty. Some, but the, still. Like, the, the friendly ones. If you'd anyway, read far enough, you'd know that. If it had been only the dog book, I would have stayed with it, but it wasn't. There were other boring things I didn't care about. All right. All right. So... Plus, you'd already ruined your streak years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you're already known for having like made up a verb for not finishing a book, then you yeah. can't. I mean, what are you going to do at this point? Well, you're also known for something else. Yes, mispronouncing names. Yes, but uh, that's we got an email. not what this email is about. We got an email from Bob. Bob says Tom pronounces something wrong. Shocker! <laughs> <laughs> this is like an English tabloid headline. Tom pronounces something like, wow, that I didn't even pronounce the title of the email right. That's baloney. Verica um, <laughs> he says, see the Oxford English Dictionary. He wrote the uh, pronunciation out in the way that they do that with the, uh, what do they call that? The schwa. Like, uh, what? The schwa, the upside down E. Yeah, but like with the periods and the, other little oh, accent the phonetic, marks. the phonetic, the phonetic. Thank mm-hmm. you, the phonetic mm-hmm. spelling. Um, you can try the Jordy of Newcastle as well, but that isn't standard. Superhero bit of bullet dodging, Veronica Pob. So how do you and say it so, again? Vericapontui. Got it. Okay, good. Vericapontui. Got it. Perfect. Vericapontui. I'll mm. link to the YouTube video that I learned that from. It's probably still not even right, but it's more right than how Tom said it. I'm never saying it again. <laughs> We're not here to shame you. We're just here to make me feel oh, better. I was, there, there were like five other people on Twitter tweeting really? me about this too. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. Oh man. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is your time to shine. This is, I, let me have my moment. <laughs> I mean, me, totally. I like how it's not even that I said something correctly. It's that I didn't throw myself into <laughs> saying something wrong. I just let you do it, which honestly it's gonna happen. happens a lot. It's going to happen happens again. A lot where I just like mark something for Tom to read in the lineup and then Tom has to say the thing. And then I just pretend like I didn't even know it was hard because he just said it. Look how amazing Tom is. And I will definitely say something wrong again. So Which is good. get ready, Pop. Keep keep your ears open, folks. By the way, it's pronounced Pobe. <laughs> no, <laughs> Actually, it's Poob. It's spelled P-O-B, but it's pronounced Smith. It's a soft B. It's Pub. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, let's hop into the book of the month discussion. Yeah. Uh, so we have a brand new book for April. And if you're like, wait a minute, we just read fantasy with Harry Potter. Don't forget, Veronica and I swapped. She picked a sci-fi uh, book and then I picked fantasy. And then March Madness is a, is a Veronica month. And we always do, if it's sci-fi wins the tournament, then Veronica gets to pick in May and vice versa. So uh, we're back on schedule. It's a Veronica month. It's a fantasy pick. And then I will pick next month and I will pick a science fiction book. Uh, But this month we're reading Theft of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan. By a margin of 19 votes, Theft of Swords edged the first 15 lives of Harry August to win the March tournament and become the April book pick. Now, I say 19 votes. But in the final tally that Rob put up, mm-hmm. it's 10. No, it says margin of victory, 19. 
but he has theft of swords, 693 total votes. First 15 lives of Harry August, 683. I, oh, is that for the entire tournament? That's what's throwing me that's, off. I think that's for the entire tournament. So theft yeah, of because swords won by 10 all through all rounds. Well, uh, actually, it looks like, oh, yeah. okay. No, that's, that's okay. total for the tournament because it's 600. There's only There were only 200 votes. Okay, so that's the confusion. Uh, by a margin of 19 votes in the final round, theft of swords edge first 15 lives to win the tournament and become the April book pick. Uh, Michael J. Sullivan wrote 13 novels in a variety of genres from 1979 to 1994 before quitting. He just couldn't take the rejection anymore. It was like, I'm done. <laughs> his wife, however, loved his Ryria books. He wrote them between 2004 and 2008 uh, with his youngest daughter as the target audience because she was struggling with dyslexia. And so he wanted to, to get her interested in reading. He wanted to create a story for her. Uh, and his wife said, these are really good. You should get them published. His wife went through 200 rejections before they found an agent. Wow. And that agent never got a publisher. Uh, and in fact, the agent closed her office to take care of a sick family member. Oh my so gosh. Michael's wife decided to uh, take Aspirations Media up on a no advance contract uh, to get the book published later on he got foreign rights uh he got a foreign rights agent who agreed to take on the english language negotiations in november 2010 and orbit, complicated. orbit made a preemptive offer for all rights oh i'm sorry i skipped over something he got the no advance contract that book was put out and then book two was about to come out and the publisher went out of business it was too debt ridden to publish so they self-published the second book and self-published the rest in the series this is a little bit uh, confusing. There are six books in the series, but when Orbit came along in November 2010 and said, hey, we'd like to publish this domestically, they decided to make it three books. So there were six books and they just paired up the books. So books one and two are now book one, books three mm, and four mm -hmm. are book okay. two, book five and six are book three. Um, but yeah, he, he self-published the last five got foreign rights agents to do translations because they were doing well enough uh, in self-publishing. And that's when Orbit came along and said, hey, <laughs> we'd like to publish this domestically for you. Uh, that deal was announced in March 2011, and the last book was delayed, and the six-volume series was removed, and then Orbit re-released the series as a three-volume set between November 2011 to January 2012. Wow. And he's been writing ever since. Uh, there are prequels to the Ryria series. The Crown Tower came out in August 2013. The Rose and the Thorn in September. He kickstarted a science fiction novel that's outside of the Ryria universe called Hollow World, uh, based on a short story. He wrote the Legends of the First Empire series, telling the story of the distant past. So he says, you can read those first if you want, uh, and then have the delight of finding references to them in the theft of swords uh ryria series or you can read the theft of Swords series and then go back and find out all about more about the past that's referenced in that he's like it works either way well i'm excited i've been hoping to pick this up for a long time i mean we interviewed michael j sullivan on the show uh many years ago mm -hmm. and he was a wonderful guest and he still pops up in the forums from time to time too yeah no it's which nice is to always see him really there. fun yeah. <laughs> him and robin hobb just popping in there every once in a while, seeing what's going on. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It would be fun to get his, uh, his input on, on the discussions happening too, if, if possible. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but yeah, congrats, Rob, and congrats to all of us for getting the chance to pick this one up. The real winners were the friends we made along the way in the That's tournament. That's right. That's right. 
Oh, sad, sad news from Veronica house. Uh, so the puppy puppy was very quiet for a long time. She got like four vaccines today. Mm -hmm. And so she's very sore mm -hmm. and she woke up and she was going ow, 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 like Aww. in her sleep when she rolled over and then she just went back to sleep. It was because so she sad. had the little shot. Yeah. She's so sweet. Um, but we should do our final thoughts on Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And the philosophers and or sorcerer's stone, depending on where you live. Uh, I'm so far down the road now with uh, Order of the Phoenix uh, mm -hmm. and, and reading all the others that one thing I will say is I really enjoyed reading the first book the most because it is the most pure. It is it is it is the you know, and I think J.K. Rowland did. I think I've heard her say she did this on purpose. The The level of difficulty of the story increases as the books increase because Harry gets older. And, and so you've got a, a much simpler story in book one because Harry's a younger uh, character. Mm -hmm. But there's something nostalgic and comforting about book one where it's like it's all new and it's all about wizards and magic and fun. And yes, there's the, you know, there's the battle at the end and there's the lurking evil. Uh, but there is this sort of sense the good will always triumph tell you from recent experience that is thin on the ground once you get to some of these middle books yeah uh because you know harry is an angry teen and uh and voldemort is you know spoiler alert voldemort is back <laughs> uh and and things aren't looking good uh which is good for the overall arc of the story but there is something really delightful about reading book one and and just if you if you want the fun if you want the magic that's the book to go back and read. Yeah, I, I really felt that way and I really enjoyed it. It was very satisfying to read for all the reasons I think we talked about for the rest of the month about how it was fun to see other characters mentioned. It was fun to see the books that, that J.K. Rowling talks about Harry reading coming back later as being actual other films and, and you know stories that continue on. Neville having such an important role in the early parts of the book and his role later down the line. So it's just it was it was fun to get to kind of see some of that backstory, understanding what the future holds a little bit. Um, but I wanted to read this one uh, forum thing from Sean, uh, which kind of cracked me up. Uh, the title is Dumbledore is a horrible teacher. Spoilers <laughs> for the end. Sean says, so the climax of the first book comes down to Harry doing something he's been told not to do and very nearly getting Voldemort resurrected as a result. Only Dumbledore's timely arrival saves the day, and yet Harry gets rewarded for this? Think about it for a minute. If Harry and pals had stayed in the dorms, Quirrell or Voldemort would have gotten to the mirror of its desire backwards, Erised, uh, Erised, the mirror of Erised and been like, what? I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? And been stuck there until Dumbledore got back. Everything would have worked out the same as in the book, except there never would have been the possibility of Voldemort getting his hands on the Philosopher's Stone. Only Harry's presence made that possible. When you get down to it, Harry put the entire wizarding world in danger by disobeying the rules. He should have been punished for his actions. Instead, Dumbledore steps in and rewards him. And not just a minor reward. Dumbledore structures it so that Harry and his pals become the saviors of Gryffindor, allowing them to triumph over Slytherin at the last minute. This is pure favoritism. This batty old man should not be in a position of authority. He doesn't know what he's doing. No wonder the wizarding world is so screwed up when this is their moral instructor. 
Well, I got really fired up there at the end. Yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, Cornelius Fudge would be proud of you. Uh, I'm sure you would, you would qualify for the position of Grand Inquisitor at Hogwarts. Uh, uh, and most, uh, most of the Ministry of Magic in the Order of Phoenix would be right there with you. Uh, you, are, you are absolutely right. Uh, and, and Dumbledore, being the most powerful wizard and the only one that Voldemort is afraid of, shouldn't enter into this at all. Uh, he is a mad wizard who cannot be trusted uh, with the school, and the school should be taken away from him. And yes, if Voldemort comes to to capture the school later and Dumbledore isn't there to inspire Harry and Dumbledore's army, so what? That won't matter at all. <laughs> Ian says that Dumbledore went to the Xavier finishing school for head teachers, <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> Listen, I get it. It's it's fun to to turn this stuff on its head. Uh, because you assume, and I'm sure Sean was assuming this, that everybody thinks Dumbledore is great. So let me show you a different angle on that. Uh, I, I see this as because of the internet, I see a lot of people saying the same thing a lot of the time. And, and so I feel, I know I'm feel I'm sounding like a spoiler sport, but I feel it's in, incumbent to point out that we don't know if it would have worked out if Harry hadn't been there. He may have seen the mirror of Erised and without Harry there, the mirror is like, oh, you want the Philosopher's Stone? Well, look in your pocket. Now it's there. Right, right. And, it, and there wouldn't have been time for Dumbledore. And Dumbledore is a powerful enough wizard that he may have known that having Harry do this was the only way that this would work out. Also, that it was the only way that Harry would grow and gain the experience that he will need to be able to teach the kids in Order of Phoenix for Dumbledore's army to prepare them to be able to resist the Dark Lord in the end. Right on, Tom. I think you nailed it. I don't know. I could be wrong. You're kind of a nerd. I'm I like really it. a nerd right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's even nerdier is that this whole thread devolves into a an argument about the Lord of the Rings. And, and Frodo, why didn't Frodo yeah. just give it to the eagles to take? Right. Good question. Um, they go into that, so. I no, think, no, I no, think, no, 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 no. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> We're not getting into that right now. Different book, different time, different I, place. Could I just say one thing? One thing, one little thing. I think Sauron can shoot down eagles. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, why can't these powerful wizards do shit for themselves? For once, really? For once. Like, why do they have to get, like, poor, sad, pathetic kids or hobbits to do Harry their Potter dirty pathetic work? pathetic right now. A little pathetic in the beginning. He's a little pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you, with Frodo and Harry Potter, it's it's the... The 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 person who thinks they don't have anything to contribute turns out to be uh, the only one who can save things if they have enough confidence in themselves. It's a lesson, right? Yeah, and I'm sure books would be a lot more boring if the powerful if people everything just did was all totally the things like, and nobody. <laughs> actually, you're just not obvious, very good. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna take this one, you guys. Yeah. I'm good. I I'm think I'm good here. Freaking wizard. Okay. Um, Actually, that would make for a, a really funny short story. <laughs> a little fan fiction, yeah. Like all the all like the uh, the chosen boys try to like come and help, and the wizard's just like, no, nah, no, nah, no. Frodo sorry. tries to go with Gandalf. It's like, what are you doing? No, stay here. It's really no, dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> You're just going to get yourself killed. <laughs> You're just a little hobbit. Stay home. I'm a wizard. I'll figure this out. Don't worry. Yeah, I got this. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Thank you, What's- Sean. By the way, for that though, it was really good. Yeah, that was good. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our our uh, our episode today. Thank you yes. for listening. Oh, thank all all the thanks belong to them. 
As usual, our show is entirely funded by you, our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much for backing us. And if you want to learn more, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Thanks to Aaron, Scott, and Juliana, who are among the people who support us at patreon.com slash sword and laser. And you can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email. No one emails us anymore at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Email, email so I know. 2010. I actually prefer tweets at sword and laser. I look at those every single fun. day. We've been yeah, they're super too. fun. Um, oh, and special thanks to Tamahome who sent uh, the phenomenal, phenomenal uh, remake of Shallow from that movie. But mm. it's about it's about Kylo a Ren. Star is born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Star is Born. It's a it's a parody of A Star is Born. And it is so good. I, I have to put the link. It's like it sounds as good as the original, but it's about Star Wars. Excellent. Anyway, that's it's not like that. It's we, better. We've done all we've done all of our teases. So now we just have to say bye. I didn't see that. Goodreads.com slash sword and laser, sword and laser.com. Call and leave us a voicemail, 4157sword6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Ka ha hello, ka ha hello.